Hey gang, Scooby-Doo's or Scooby-Don'ts is now funded by Patreon. Join to access our blog and unlock special bonuses like essays, reviews, show notes, and other exclusive material. It's brand new and you can be a part of shaping the material we produce. If we reach $50 a month, we'll be able to start buying vintage Scooby-Doo novels to review, in addition to our regular episodes. Thank you to David Green, Kyle Michaud, Katie Maxwell, Jordan Ferguson, Pablo Corden, Spencer Graham, Matthew Bang, Ashley Martinez, Gabriel Pesek, Sean Mokels, Toge, and Blake Sawyer for funding this episode. Welcome to Scooby-Doo's or Scooby-Don'ts. The original podcast that painstakingly goes through all Scooby-Doo media in search of those to Scooby-Doo absolutely or Scooby-Don't under any circumstance. I'm your host, Billy. And I'm your host, Amelia. And we're watching Aliens Among Us. Incorporated want me to want to watch these fucking Bronson Stone episodes. <laughs> now, this one at least, it doesn't hide the fact that Sheriff Bronson Stone is a nutter. It makes him to be the absolute most conspiracy theory minded person in the world. Lies, we see Velma's mother in this episode as well. I find it endearing with Velma's mother, though. It's like, she's... Bronson Stone is obsessed with the conspiracy theories. Velma's mom is... is, She's more academically interested. She's not being... Why? She's just not being driven mad by it in the same way that Bronson Stone is. And also, I think I've just missed Velma's mom. She was a big part of season one, and I feel like we haven't seen her at all on season two. I think you're overreaching with that big part. We saw her several times. The gang went to her for advice that quite often. That does not mean she's a big part. And she, it, it, she was a part. Doesn't matter if you missed her. I mean, alien conspiracy theorists are just the fucking living end. They're the worst of the conspiracy theorists. What about Mulder? The worst. <laughs> he's really, yeah. He's, he's in, in a real world scenario, Mulder is not the kind of person you would want to hang out with. No, not, not, I wouldn't want to hang out with him in the context of the X-Files, where maybe he's kind of right. Right. I don't need that energy in my life. I, well, I would also say in real life, I would probably rather hang out with Mulder than David Duchovny. I feel, I feel like he's, he's a bit more cleaner cut. But David Duchovny doesn't appear in Mystery Incorporated. No! He doesn't. No, he doesn't. And uh, you know what also doesn't appear? My notes for At First Glance. I seemingly didn't write anything. Neither did I. So this episode, a black screen. At First Glance, they're looking at the planispheric disc. And that's it for that. There is no other connection to anything else that happens in Mystery Inc. in this fucking episode because Bronson Stone comes in exclaiming about lizard people! 
It it's very it very much sidetracks. Like they they start this episode super ready to keep hunting down the facts of their main quest, and then Bronson Stone like kicks down the door and is like, "There's aliens! You need to get them! I'm being driven mad." I'm trying a new track with my Bronson Stone impression. It's more graffily. Mm-hmm. Still not working. No. Here's the premise for this episode. It's short and sweet. Mystery Incorporated investigate Sheriff Stone's alien abduction claims. Why? (laughs) (laughs) They hate this man. They do. Everyone in the group, for no one, even for a second, is like, well, maybe aliens do exist. They're Mm -hmm. all just like, nope. (laughs) Greys are not coming to Earth to abduct Sheriff Bronson Stone. Why are we even entertaining this idea? Would you rather... That it be like an, a, a new character they introduced, like some sort of, you know, their English teacher or something like that. Or maybe, uh, uh, it's another parent. I don't know. Maybe Shaggy's dad could have been <laughs> abducted by aliens. Probably not, considering Casey Kasem's real world situation during this season. But I, I think narratively, if they were able to pull that off. I feel like you would like that, but I feel like it's just Bronson Stone that's really dragging it down for you. No, I don't like aliens. Alien abduction stories? Shut up, I don't care. <laughs> well, then this will probably be... Nothing a- intelligent is coming to Earth. Look around, people! Do you think any other intelligent race would want anything to do with us? Well, that's, a, that's a point, and it's valid. And the fact that I have to hear Sheriff Stone talk about how lizard reptoid aliens have infiltrated earth and are living at its core like we don't know that it's lava down there you fucking idiots <laughs> you're really mad yeah this all stems into my hate of the people that like sit on shows like ancient aliens and be like well a brown person could never design a pyramid so obviously aliens so the Shaggy and Scooby shenanigans. Yeah, what about them? These boys are extremely susceptible to hypnosis. Yes, they this, are. This is true. This is canon. Remember that movie where, was it Shaggy that got hypnotized to be brave? We literally just watched that. I, you say just, I would say months ago. I used to be able to leave the house when we watched that. These boys only have to see a pocket watch and they're hypnotized. <laughs> I like I like the idea that not even someone's swinging it. Someone's literally just she checking the time. She wasn't. She wasn't. It. She had pulled it out of her pocket for one second. It was static, motionless. <laughs> Excuse me, sir. Do you have the time? Why, yes, it's four fifteen. I will do whatever you say. Before the hypnotism, Bronson Stone uh, goes and tells his abduction story. He was a child. He got abducted by Greys. He's over-explaining it, I think. It's been a while since we've watched this episode to sit down and record it. And Scooby's Scooby has the line, you could have just said that. It would have been much clearer. Scooby's disdain for Bronson Stone matches my own. It's a good, good little bit of irony there, because as we all know, Scooby is sometimes difficult to understand with his impediment. Bronson Stone calls him a mush mouth. I Which found is, that was too far. Is unfair because he is a dog. Yeah. Any level of talking dog is impressive. The people who get on Scooby's back for being unclear. 
Better to be a mush mouth than a mush brain, Bronson Stone. That's what Scooby should have said. And then then uh, Fred could have been like, Aw, shit! <laughs> <laughs> That's that's very much the uh, Freddy Prince Jr. Fred coming in there. We finally have discovered what it takes to make Shaggy and Scooby not hungry. Yep. And it is a drawer of rotting clams. If anything is going to be your line of what you don't eat, I'm very glad this is it. Because see, like seafood, when it goes off, it it goes off like more than any other kind of food. I wonder why. Is it because it is because it's supposed to be surrounded by water and salt, like it's it's out of its atmosphere. That's dead at the time. Yeah, that you're but, eating it. Well, I know most dead things tend but, to like, start going off. What I'm trying to say is that like the fizzy, like the 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 cellular makeup of sea life, just it 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 does it decompose faster. I know, I know. It's just like a really pungent smell. So Bronson Stone is a total fucking pig. He's he's just sitting at his desk, just shucking oysters. And then is he throwing the oysters back in the drawer, or were those like oysters to be eaten? First off, they're clams, and I'm pretty sure it was clams to be eaten. You know, for a town right beside the sea, none of you know how to eat seafood properly. Yeah, that's the thing! Wouldn't he want it to be fresh? Like, he goes out on his lunch break, bing- brings back a big bag of clams, does his paperwork while jamming clams in his mouth. You don't just keep it for a week. It's right there! It's not like he's going out of his way to get these clams. Skipper Sheldon makes fresh batches day by day. Anyways, that's the line that Shaggy and Scooby won't cross. Yeah. Bad clams. My last note for these two is that Scooby, this whole episode is full of great Scooby lines. Why do I always have to dig the graves? <laughs> yeah! Is a line of his. He then proceeds to dig a perfectly rectangular hole straight down. And I mean, that's it, Scooby. The reason you're asked to do this is because you are highly skilled at the work. But I feel like they, these kids, A, shouldn't be digging up graves in the first place. B, Shouldn't make Scooby do it. Bring some shovels, gang. I don't think he's saying he was digging up graves. I think he was saying, why do I always have to dig graves? Oh, so he was he was digging up a grave in this scene, but you think he was digging fresh graves in others. Obviously, yeah. Fred has been known to kill a person, so... Being a sociopath. How many henchmen did he kill just a few episodes ago? That's true enough. Just because they're henchmen no. doesn't mean they're expendable. Look, Everyone, I... Respect human life. I understand joking around, <laughs> but don't make Freddy into a sociopath. Freddy is a good boy. Don't confuse the listeners. <laughs> listeners agree with me. But he's a good boy. Who says you can't be a good sociopath? That's, hey. Um, speaking of Fred, at the beginning of this episode, uh, they, they do start by trying to find the next step on on their journey. Uh, they're trying to find some... They think they're going to get some treasure from this planospheric disc. And Freddy hopes that it's going to be a gold trap. Yes. Everyone else hopes. Uh, Daphne hopes for diamonds. Fred wants a gold trap. Scooby wants it all covered in... No. Scooby wants it covered in fudge. Whatever it is. And Shaggy wants it wrapped up as a burrito. 
whatever it is. So, in order for them all to be happy, it needs to be a diamond-encrusted gold trap covered in fudge and then wrapped in a burrito? Or yeah. w- would you burrito it and then cover the fudge? Uh, I personally wouldn't do either. Yes. Scooby can't eat fudge. Did Velma want anything? No. Well, I mean, yeah, I, I would see as soon as the gang starts putting this madness together, I'd be out too. Uh, Fred describes love as fish eggs hatching in his chest. He says being in love with Daphne was like an Amazonian river fish had laid eggs in his chest. And they all hatched and were wriggling all over his internal organs. And you know what? I think he's got the gist of it. That That is a ver- From Fred? That's a very poetic image about love. He even says, like, there's nothing more awesome than love. Except traps. But then he goes on to that lovely poetic image of, of, of fish eggs hatching in your chest until you have a whole swarm of them. Yeah, if you thought, if you thought butterflies in the stomach was a gross image, just wait until Freddy talks to you about his Amazonian river fish ideas. I mean, if you imagine it like a little bowl of caviar. So you were right. The last episode, you said that Freddy didn't actually get a bedroom. And I think that's true, because we see him sleeping here, and it does look like he's sleeping on a sectional couch. Why? Did Daphne just not want him getting too comfortable? Does he enjoy sleeping on a couch more than a bed? I mean, that was part of the pitch she gave. There were like 20 spare bedrooms, right? And yet Fred gets a small sofa in a room that's very long, but only has these two sofas and a coffee table in it. It's like, it's got big windows. Maybe it's like a solarium. He's sleeping there with Sheriff Bronsonstone because he's been scared of these aliens. Mm -hmm. Uh, Very inconsiderate, though. Fred's got his foot right in Bronsonstone's face. Well, why in a room that big are the couches sitting like... Angular like that. At a 90 degree angle to each other. I also don't understand why they aren't sleeping foot to foot. Like, you're angled like that. I understand why you're not going head to head. There's still, like, a foot of space left between Fred's foot and Bronsonstone's face. It didn't look it to me. It's not like Fred's fucking teabagging him. Like, Jesus. That is not what teabagging means. No, I understand that. Okay. We're talking about body parts being unnecessarily close to someone's face. Yeah. Do you not think testicles are worse than a foot? I do. I do. We also see that Fred has made some upgrades to the mystery machine. All he has to do is tune in the radio, uh, and he can dial for both road glue and a net deployer. Very useful. They both come in extremely handy in this episode. I have a note here that Fred takes a moment to prove he can spell, and then Daphne flips out at him, and I don't remember what that means. I... Ooh, I got nothing on that. I don't remember any spelling-centric scenes. Don't think it was centric. It was just an off joke. It'd be great if they just cut away. You know what? These kids do need to go to school. Maybe we could just see Fred performing an English test. How come no one at the Blake household, meaning her mother and father, are suspicious when Fred and Bronsonstone are there the moment... That dining room Lamborghini gets stolen. I thought that too. I thought this was going to be like the big awkward like, oh, Fred, what are you doing here? Oh, my Daphne. But 
they completely ignore the fact that... No one even goes outside of the house after the car gets stolen. Yeah. I mean, the gang do because they're mystery solvers and they're on the case. But <laughs> as for her parents, they, you know, for all we know, they go back to bed. Um, You know, going to the Daphne dilemma. Uh, da we, we see Daphne's dad has bought a car to replace the dining room table. Uh, the Pangea, specifically. It's an energy-efficient car. Like, it's, oh, it's, it's rich, it's wonderful, and look, it's better than a table. And you just see the look on Daphne's face fall. Of, like, like okay, so we're never having a family dinner again. I'm, you know, we're never actually having connection. We are just fucking money. That's the look I feel on Daphne's face. It's a profound lack of connection with her family and their values. And you pulling this out of your ass is why there are some listeners that think we are critical analysis. This is just how I watch things. This is how I watch things and what I feel. I think it's great for Daphne's character. See, whereas I see her and I think the look on her face is that of being fucking disappointed that her parents continue to be this fucking stupid. Because that's how I felt as a teenager. <laughs> See, different. we create a fully rounded view of the scene that way. You have the life experience <laughs> that can draw from that. My notes for Daphne, this explains what you're talking about with spelling. They find a what they think is a crop circle, but it turns out was just a farmer spelling out, yes. I love you. To his wife. And so Daphne says it was the O of love. And Fred says, or the O of you. It was the O of love, Fred. He takes one second to prove yeah. he can spell and <laughs> shot down. I feel like that's a conversation we would have. <laughs> or you're like, it's the O of love. And I'm like, oh, or it could be this. And you're like, you pedantic ass. That's not what we're talking about. I do understand from afar what that's like. I just never seem to realize as I'm doing it. Uh, the Velma vision. Velma is very against aliens. I think yes. she's always against aliens. And seeing the way her mom obsesses about aliens, I totally get it. Obviously, yes. She says that everyone that's ever seen an alien spaceship has just seen the planet Venus. Which is, like, a nice old true fact. Yeah, it is. I actually really like how this episode is fairly accurate about people who talk about aliens and alien abductions. Like, they're not just, like, here's an alien that we've created. They've run the gambit of, like, the actual alien sightings. They have greys. They have reptoids. They have Nordic aliens, which I had to Google. This episode inspired me to learn! As long as you didn't, you know, quote-unquote, learn that aliens built the pyramids and no, moved no, 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 the Maui no. Maui heads. I learn about, it's like, it's the same way as about, like, Bigfoot or the Yeti or, like, or like uh, it, it, these are clearly supernatural creatures that we have created as, as myth, as story. I'm interested in that, in our cultural story-making. And on that note... But Bigfoot's I, so fucking dull. Who cares about his story? You could... I mean, it depends. Depends on what kind of Bigfoot you're talking about. I thought we came up with a pretty good concept the other day. I really liked the little detail 
that Velma's mom's basement was Mulder's office. If you look at it, there's so many little details that match up. The filing cabinets. She's got that poster, but instead of I want to believe, it just says, Believe it! So a little more forceful. How did you feel about the fact that Velma can make casual phone calls to the power company and the army? I really don't think the power company is that special. Anyone can call the power company. (laughs) I guess the army's a little more impressive, depending what branch she's calling. Pentagon. I doubt she has generals (laughs) on speed dial. Depends which continuity we're talking about. Mystery Incorporated, though, I don't think so. But you're right, I guess I guess the power company's not a big get. <laughs> like, she's calling to talk about any surges in the electrical grid and why her bill is so high this month. <laughs> I am a customer. I would like to speak to... Yeah, that's fair enough. You could call the power company right now if you wanted. Well, I don't know if I've got it in me to be that much of a big man. Major minor mentions... Most, mostly, you know, the major minor mentions are mostly minor this week. Uh, we do see that Brad and Judy burn down City Hall. They burn a room in City Hall. The structure is still standing. It's not a pile of ashes. True. They, bur- they burned City Hall. They burned the gang's hideout. So I guess they were never in the police station, unless the police station is also in City Hall. Maybe we've only seen it from, like, different angles. Like... Like they're on two perpendicular streets, but their asses a butt. <laughs> That's a structural term, the building's ass. <laughs> Pericles doesn't appear, Mr. E doesn't appear. Is Cassidy still dead? Ooh, I didn't write this down, but yes, uh, Cassidy is, remains dead. <laughs> Bronson Stone the is... Bronson Beat. He is, of course, our major... Major minor mention this week. He's just a fucking nut job today. We established in season one that, or at least at the beginning of season one, that all the parents are like strict skeptics. They don't (laughs) want anything to do with anything supernatural. And then all of a sudden, Bronson Stone took like a full flip. Where he would join this mystery-solving gang if they invited him. (laughs) Like... That is an absolutely good point. Where is the skepticism from the adults now? Because he bursts into this episode saying they're in the middle of a full-scale galactic war and the Earth is the prize. So why did the kids go from being the believers to the disbelievers? Because if these kids... With Bronson Stone. So he doesn't believe in any kind of, like, monsters... Or gremlins or whatnot, but then the kid... Like, he does believe in the monsters, but he's only using them for town profit? But then why wouldn't he use the aliens as town profit? I don't understand the flip that Or, like, when the kids were like, Hey, we're fighting a a crocodile monster! Then he'd be like, Oh, I saw aliens. Like, I feel like as an alien guy, he would be more open to all that. That's a... Fucking fantastic point. I didn't even put that together. He's just like a fucking comic relief nutter. And here's the thing. Shaggy and Scooby are here for comic relief. If you're also going to bring in Bronson Stone, then you might as well just kill Shaggy. 
Because I don't want both of them. <laughs> it's not even this is new for him. Because he gives us flashbacks like when he was a kid playing Dead Justice and he saw the aliens. And now that it's been happening like more and more now that he's an adult. I like the scene where he sees the aliens as a kid. Like it's, it's very well done with like the, the otherworldly light, the shaking mill with the fan blades. That's, that's a mill, right? I don't know. I should know. Why should you know? I grew up in, a, in the farmland. You grew up in a subdivision that had for some reason been trucked into the middle of a cornfield. That <laughs> yeah. hardly makes you a farmer. I said I said makes I makes you like a country poser. Like that's worse. <laughs> his back his alien background story opens with that he was rifling through his mother's belongings for old candy and used lipstick tubes to put his baby teeth in. Although I can't remember if that had anything to do with the alien backstory. No, that's just a backstory <laughs> of what Bronson Stone did when he was alone. Looked for old candy and empty lipstick tubes. For baby teeth. What the hell? You use a film canister for that. <laughs> Fun fact, in Japan, they throw their baby teeth on the uh, on their house's roof if it's from their lower jaw or under the floorboards as if it's from their upper jaw. Really? Yeah. So that it's kind of like you've tilted your head upside down and you're eating the house. No. I don't think that's what they're going for. <laughs> okay. Terrifying if it is. I think in Mongolia, they feed... Baby teeth to dogs, so that that. adult teeth will be as strong as a dog's. Okay. 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 White people put their teeth under a pillow for money. Like we do weird things with our teeth. (laughs) Why you're so against what Mongolians do? I'm not against it. I'm. It's well, I'm against that a little because I'm worried for the dog. But (laughs) I guess dogs eat bones notoriously. So. Uh, Bronson Stone claims the aliens have made him do awful things over the years. Yeah, sure. Blame awful, it on the aliens. Awful things like being a terrible sheriff. Awful things like just remorselessly killing one of your friends in a D&D game without any chance of revival or hope or Awful things friendship. like eating old clams by the fistful without getting up. If he wants to get fresh clams for lunch every day, that's his own business. It's just the fact that they're old and in the drawer. Well, you'll be happy to know that he has terrible breath because of those clams. And also is having uh, psychedelic freakouts from, like, clam toxicity. <laughs> and that's where the aliens are coming from. Yeah, he's, he's never met an alien in his life. He, di- he hasn't staunchly believed in aliens his whole life. He just, like, watched some ancient aliens and clam poisoning made him believe. Does he... Okay, is this, like, a real memory? Like, did he hallucinate as a child? Or has he hallucinated as an adult and it implanted a childhood memory? It's definitely implanting a childhood memory. That's so bizarre. We do... He does... We do see he really loves Marinettles. In this episode, he has some some nighttime talk with Fred. He doesn't even know her first name. <laughs> he, he feels her first name in his heart. That's not a thing. You're right. And if you keep encouraging, <laughs> you right. if you keep encouraging men to do the bare minimum, like feeling a name in their heart or like describing love as hatching Amazonian fish eggs. I like the fish eggs analogy because it's 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 like the blossoming of a flower. It's something that that's small and it and it bursts. 
but also fish. Yeah, so anyways, Bronson Stone has been hallucinating from clams, and he drags these children along with him on his, uh... Bad trip? Yeah. That's pretty much what it is. <laughs> there is a threat that they have to face. Like, there is an actual antagonist, but what draws them into this whole story is essentially Bronson Stone has a nightmare and runs over to Mystery Incorporated because she's scared of it. Yeah. Who are our minor minor mentions this week? Mama's mother. She's so happy that her daughter has finally come to her to talk about aliens. Not sex. Aliens. No, granted, I would rather talk about aliens than sex with my daughter. Who I wish would call me. I don't have a daughter. You're 31 right now. (laughs) When did did you have this daughter that she no longer calls you? Because she's of age and moved out. I... 12? Had her 12? I don't believe that you were getting laid at 12, Billy. I... Who... I... You would be correct. I don't believe you were getting laid at 18. (laughs) (laughs) Nova is also here as a minor mention. And... She is just a regular dog. Then why mention her? Because th- they want us to believe she is a viable love interest for Scooby. And I just need to keep reiterating, she is a regular dog. Uh, we also see three mall cops investigating the theft of a GPS device from a store. And uh, Mr. and Mrs. Blake. Uh, Mr. Blake calls his wife love of my life. Which is sweet if true. Yes. 100%. Do you think he's one of the... Do you think he's cheating around? Is he that type of, like, rich piece of shit? I don't think so. I think he is more about his material wealth and gain. I I don't think he... That's not his main source of pleasure. His main source of pleasure is in excessive shows of opulence and in buying things. I just don't think he has the real passion in him to have an affair. But you think Donald Trump does. You think affairs are always about passion and not just about, like, power. He he is, that's about power. He's an angry man. He's, uh, he, and he's very much of, like, base and physical. I don't see Mr. Blake as being base and physical. He is, uh, you know, oh, I only eat caviar. It's the only thing I eat. So in bread, he can't use his bottom jaws? Is there, that you, we, there you go. That's the impression I'm getting from you. That's kind of how I, I hear him. And yet he has five daughters, so he's still getting laid. Uh, that's true, actually. Unless Mrs. Blake is having an affair. <gasps> and he just doesn't know where children come from. <laughs> <laughs> Skipper Sheldon makes an appearance in this episode. It is, he is the source of uh, Sheriff Bronson Stone's clams. Why even bother mentioning this in minor mentions? Because Skipper Sheldon's great. Oh and God. I want us to know every time he's here. And then a, a one who doesn't appear, but I think we just need to mention his name because it's the first time that he's mentioned, Senor Primero Lave. Uh, he, he's a dead man who the planispheric disc... Uh, they point them towards his grave, and uh, when they dig up the coffin, 
All that's there is a gun. Looks to be an old-timey gun, I'm kinda thinking. Dead Justice? Think Dead Justice joins in this mystery-solving... plot amongst the centuries? No. Okay. He wasn't a group of four kids. No, but he could, he could have been an antagonist to them in some way. He's part of the town's history. And who else do we know who would have an old-timey gun? Anyone from olden times. You've taken me down most expertly. You think gun control is easy to get your hands on a gun now in America? Ooh, boy. <laughs> Let me tell you about <laughs> earlier in its history. Who are our villains of this episode, Amelia? Oh my god. Three stupid fucking Irish thieves in alien costumes. <laughs> yeah, so they're- I didn't even bother to write down their fucking names. I hate them so much. They are the O'Flaherty criminals, and they dress up as greys, Nordic aliens, and reptoids. Which one is, like, what's a Nordic alien? The, the Nor girl? I think the, the girl- The one that just has long blonde hair and some goggles? Well, How I, is that alien? I looked them up, and Nordic aliens just seem to have big foreheads. And and they might just be, like, the Swiss. That, that's just a picture of, of Stephen Amell from Arrow. Well, he's- well, we're pretty sure he's a Nordic alien. Okay. He's got a big fucking forehead. You know who else is an alien, though? Who appears as a villain? And I was very excited to see... Space Kook! It wasn't Space Kook. It was the Space Kook costume. Yes, one of the thieves steals the Space Kook costume. Because Space Kook. Because, like... Space Kook. I just don't understand. I... I'm, I'm sputtering trying to find reason why any of this has happened, yeah. other than to piss me off. I think it's just to say, aliens. Here are aliens. Space Kook is an example of a, of a Scooby-Doo alien. that's not a Western gun. I thought, it, I thought it was. No, it's like, much earlier than that. Western guns are six shooters. Oh. I don't know. That's like a front-loading gun. Well, I, I'm sure we will see who that gum is from in later episodes. I will say, if it had been actual space kook, I would have been way more excited if they were like, oh, what other aliens might we encounter? And then you just hear a laugh, and they look over and space kook's laughing his skull head off. That would have been the shit. We just had Charlie the Haunted Robot. Yeah, bring Space Kook too. Bring him to the party. Well, anything would have been better than what we got. We got like a tiny little three and a half foot Irishman and his children stealing shit. Yeah. And he says, oh, what better way to do it than in an alien costume? Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> you re when you don't like an episode, you're, you're just like done with it. Yes. Um, but this yeah. is so stupid. So yeah, master criminal plan. It's it's a family of Irish criminals who uh, dress as aliens to steal things because clearly they are wanted criminals, and the town has their faces. They would have gotten away with it if it wasn't for those putter and snappers. Is it a feasible plan? They're stealing shit. Yeah. Is it scary? No. Absolutely not. Aliens in themselves are a gray spot in horror for me. I'm not scared of aliens because I disbelieve in them that much. 
See, I don't find that a barrier for, for me at all when I watch them. I'm, I'm fine with aliens used as horror. But, but they don't they don't center in on anything here. It's like they 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 touch a little bit on like, ooh, what if it's like a galactic war and Earth is the prize? But you just it's really just educational, as I see, of like, here are the form of aliens that people have told us about in abductions. Here are the popular ones. I'm Carl Sagan. <laughs> so yeah, I wasn't scared of them either. I was excited when the space kook costume was used. But you're right, it wasn't really Space Kook. So. And Space Kook himself was like the ghost of an alien. Yeah. Like everything was still ghosts back mm, then. That's true. One of these alien costumes is literally just a long blonde wig and goggles. I think, I think that's like, the Nordic alien thing. What the fuck? How, why am I supposed to be scared of that? I'm not scared of the Swedes. <laughs> they, they expect you to be. I think the Swede should be scared of me. I mean, if you come at them with this attitude. <laughs> Do you have any other general thoughts or feelings on this episode? Why is one of the shops in the mall named Stream Rock? And that's where they steal the electronics from? Stream Rock. River Stone Lake. I'm trying to figure out if it's like a... They took the two words as, you know, like if it was like a blockbuster and they turned it into like a boulder breaker or something like that but i can't i can't do it for stream rock uh why is all the corn in the cornfield open you talked about this as we watched it i'm not talking about the cornfield being open i'm talking about the ears yeah. of corn each individual of corn have already been shucked that's that would be a weird thing for aliens to do to come down to earth and just spoil a crop of corn by pre-shucking it like they have to open every single Corn husk. They've yeah. never seen anything like it. Oh. <laughs> oh. Your alien is just Nanolan. Yes. Well, <laughs> have you looked at Nanolan lately? The way that she looks through the world. The aliens come for Daphne at 3 a.m. in the morning. Is that historically an alien time? I believe it may be. What's the witching hour for aliens? I mean, definitely sometime after 9. They like to get prime time over with. That is all for my general feelings. All right. Listeners, if you would like to reach out to us, we can be found on Twitter. I am at the Billy Seaguire. Amelia is at Fatal Amelia. And we can be found collectively at Scooby underscore Do's. This episode of Scooby Do or Scooby Don't. Ah, you really didn't like it? And no, I can in, tell you right now yeah. it's a Scooby Don't. Absolutely. In, de there... in deference to you, I will also say Scooby Don't. <laughs> Did you enjoy it? Would you go back and watch this episode out of the context of everything else that happens around it? The only thing we learn about is that old-timey gun in a casket, which will absolutely be included in the previously on yeah. Mystery Incorporated of our next episode, The Horrible Herd. Well, you're right. So if you skip I Aliens Among Us, you're literally missing nothing. You're right. And, like, I don't think about it like that. I do still think about it as... Did I enjoy this individual episode? I did not. And, and I think you're right. I think if I were to go through all the episodes of season two, there's no way this is one that I would go back to just on its own for a one-off. Hey, I have time to watch one episode from Mystery Incorporated season two. I'll watch Aliens Among Us. I don't think I'd say that. Scooby don't. And on that note. That's it from Scooby Doobie Us. To Scooby Doobie You.
I want to believe. Shut up. <laughs>